This is Agents Influence Podcast. We are perfectionists to a fault. Uh, We focus on perfection as the goal instead of becoming perfected, right? That's a totally different ballgame. If we focus on perfection and we're like, well, I'm not perfect. No, welcome to the club. Nobody's perfect, meaning we're without flaw or mistake. I make mistakes every blasted day. But the next day, I try to rectify, get better, repent, move on, forgive, whatever that is. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with Jason Cass. And today I have Mr. Travis Perry on here with us. Travis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jason, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but you know how I say it all the time, loyal listeners. Whenever it's hard and challenging up front, that's when you're going to have the best podcast. In relation, Travis, to kind of what you talk about, one time they said to Jack Nicholas, they said, Jack, why is it that when some of your best rounds you've ever had, you've always started off really bad? And he said, it's yin, it's yang, it's balance, right? Love it. It's those, it's all that way. So you can have the greatest um, career in the world like Tiger Woods, but boy, the downfall's coming at some point in time, right? It's all about balance in this world. And that today, loyal listeners, is what we are going to talk about here with Travis. He's got a book out called Achieving Balance. Now, Travis and I don't know each other, loyal listeners. Today is November 9th, 9.17 in the morning. Uh, and the reason I saw him was is I've been watching some of his posts over the last couple of months. And what first triggered me to him was achieving balance. So a lot of you loyal listeners know me, but you don't know my wife. My wife is all the time talking about balance, about balance, about balance, about balance. She says that the world, the reason we're having the issues we're having right now is because we're trying to be too perfect in everything and try, and that doesn't allow us to be balanced. It's okay to make mistakes and it's okay not to be perfect. That's how we created this great world we're in now. So when I saw that, I instantly thought of my wife in the background screaming balance, balance, <laughs> balance. And if you know anything about me, um, I have bipolar disorder. So I am the uh, it takes medicine to keep me balanced and it still doesn't even keep me back, Travis, but all you loyal listeners, I do appreciate you appreciate you tuning in once again here to agents influence. You probably are listening to a lot of the other shows that we have on the network. We have nine shows and I'm going to tell you right now, we're getting ready to add another one. So by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be around December. So I'm going to tell you right now that you probably already know that Jeff Roy, Um, is bringing his podcast out of Canada um, and is going to be joining the network. And so we are really, really excited about that. I'm also working on one other show that I saw somebody at the IAOA in Tampa. Shout out to Dave Jackson and to Nicholas Ayers for putting on a fantastic event. If you have not gone, be sure to go next year, October 6th through the 8th in 
Nashville, Tennessee at the Grand Ole Opry, I believe is where that is. I know the date and I know this, the, the town is, this, is, uh, is correct, but please, uh, loyal listeners, check me there on the hotel. But uh, anyways, Travis, I appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to talk about balance and tell us a little bit about you real quick. No, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay. We're going to stay on the straight and narrow. Travis, are you ready for this podcast? I'm ready, man. All right. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone today. Okay. That's all right. So there's one strike against you. Okay. Hey, Travis, tell us about the last app you downloaded. The last app I downloaded was actually Podbean uh, because I was uh, messing around with um, some um, podcasts that I'm doing. So it's too fun. All right. Yeah. Podbean. I'm very familiar with them. Very, very familiar with them. Um, And so that's cool. You're starting a podcast that uh, literally will change your life. I tell people a lot of times, Travis, and I mean this with all my heart, my life changed in 2013 when I started my podcast. Everything that has happened associated with my life going forward and new business ventures that I've created or whatever, um, from the people that I've made that have changed my, or the people that I've met, excuse me, that have changed my life has come from podcasting. Um, yes, it, I I didn't do this for my business. I still don't. I do this just because I want to teach agents and I believe you, Travis, you're probably coming from the same, uh, nurture. You probably want to help people along. And that seems to be, uh, really gets noticed out there. So kudos to you for that, man. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win. Love Love to win win. for sure. I'm okay to, I I can handle loss. I learn from it, move on, but I love to win. Yeah. I hear you there. Uh, I say it a lot, and uh, Lori Lister's probably tired of me saying it, but when I was younger, up until the last 20 years, I used to hate to lose. Now I love to win, and the reason is, is because when I'm winning, I have usually have delegated so many tasks at this point in time in my life that when we're winning, that means other people are winning, and I get yeah. more reward off of that uh, than anything. Travis, last question. Uh, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? No, wait a minute. I still love to win. I'm sorry. Yeah. I am I am so sorry that I just asked the same <laughs> damn question. Loyal listeners, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I've ever done that one in 700 of these. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Totally. There's two things in the world that make you successful in here. We believe here. There's probably many more outside the world. Uh, luck or skill. Which one do you think has been a bigger factor in your life? All right. So I define luck as when opportunity and circum, you know, circumstance meet. So uh, right. I, I'm okay with luck. Um, I think I'm born with some skills, but I've had to learn a lot over the years. So I think uh, luck is a big part of it. Uh, but skill probably still wins out. But I don't think those are mutually exclusive. I think those are more related than we give it uh, uh, credence. I do agree. I do agree. There's some people on here that come on, no such thing as luck. Or it's all skill, you know, or it's no skill, all luck. And it's so weird. And I think it's like you, it's a balance of uh, between, see, I mean, really, when you think about it, loyal listeners, when you go through life and you just look at things that are going on, you can, you can associate back to balance every time. Believe me, once again, not to beat up a dead horse, but my wife (laughs) brings this up all the damn time. Travis, take us back in two to three minutes. Take us back to diapers, high school, college, whatever you want, and bring us forward to where you are now. So we get to relate with you. All right, man. So I was supposed to be an airplane pilot. And my dad took me out when I was 18 years old on a flight. I loved it. Um, I was obsessed with planes. I told everybody I'm going to be a pilot when I grow up. And then I did some interviewing and found out that pilots actually have one of the worst work-life balance ever. 
And my, my, at 18, you know, 19 years old, I was already thinking about balance. I was always like, my dad was an entrepreneur. He can kind of come and go whenever he wanted. I want that lifestyle, um, but I wanted to do something of my own. And so I came across a very successful person who was a financial advisor. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and, you know, and so he told me the ways and he said, hey, you make a lot of money. You have a lot of time. You have big impact. I'm like, sign me up. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to do it. And so I, I started down the path. I joined State Farm as an agent, actually as an assistant to an agent, and then uh, went to Northwestern Mutual thinking that that was going to help me, you know, get my investment license, which it did. Uh, but it was so focused on, on really the insurance piece that I was kind of turned off. I wanted the holistic. I want, you know, I'm not the, you know, only do investments or only do insurance. I wanted everything holistic. I wanted to be a planner, but I like helping people with their goals. So along that way, I went independent. And right. man, when I went independent, talk about losing balance. I focused on my logo, on how my office looked, my staff, la, la, la. And by the time six months went by, I blew through my savings and realized, gee, Travis, what have you done? <laughs> you know, have you done anything? Were, were you even gathering clients and helping move, you know, going forward? And I thought, well, gee, maybe I would have been better back at Northwestern where I had all the support and I didn't have to worry about all this stuff. But no, you wanted it. Like it was a constant tug of mm -hmm. war. Um, during that time, my father passed away. He was 49 years old of a heart attack. Oh, shit. And yeah, that was that was a day that absolutely destroyed my life, I thought. Ooh. Put everything into commotion. And I was the advisor, you know? And so here I am. My very first death claim, Jason, was my own dad. I was in the business three, four years, four years, maybe three and a half. And, you know, I went to the insurance conference there at Northwestern and they gave me this big old badge, the best year ever, right? Because I had a I had actually had a stellar year production wise. It was the worst year wow. ever. I hated that badge. I'm like, this is the best worst wow. year ever. And you know, it totally changed my paradigm. And I went full into, you know, I wanted to help everybody. I was so focused on get insurance because this is what could happen. Um, but then I also as a business owner was struggling with balance so much. And I saw a lot of other advisors and business owners struggling with it, but I got, I got trained. Dave Crenshaw, um, Doug Carter, a bunch of really great mentors of mine helped me along this way. And I started making better use of my own time. And I started integrating it into my practice. I started to coach. And along that way, I realized, well, gee, I love the financial advising piece, but I really just want to be the planner. And I had a team that did all the advising. Right? They did all the insurance, they did all the investments. They did all the accounting, the legal. I didn't do any of that. I just did the planning. And eventually, I got out of planning completely to just help advisors to have better balance. And it was a tough decision of putting your licenses in the trash. Like that was a emotional choice. <laughs> and it gave up renewals. It gave up, you know, other, other opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I knew that my professional calling was to help advisors who are absolutely struggling with this. Uh, I've seen the data. I've done the research on this. Uh, it's, it's literally killing them. And, uh, you know, it's great to help people get insurance, but man, it's so much better to help people live. Travis, loyal listeners, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you, you, you'll, you would, you don't know, but if you are watching this on YouTube as well, you look like a pilot, dude. I mean, you straight up, you straight up look like a pilot. You really truly do. But then the funny thing is you look just like an independent insurance agent as well. So you fit the roles, man. I think that you were right along there. Um, and you are right about what you're saying. And, and, uh, 
you don't speak passionately, but I can hear the conviction in your in your voice of of this being a serious thing. And it's and I'm sorry once again that it was your dad who kind of probably really rattled this home to you. Forty nine years old. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's so hard as a kid, but I also just feel sorry for dad being so young. You know what I mean? And and when you go at such a young age, you have no expectation that that's going to happen. We all think we're going to live forever, right? And it's um, yeah. Well, and I and I, th- I dad was Superman. Like same. I mean, he was on his mountain bike. He wasn't on the couch eating potato chips. Like he was healthy. He was fit. He's strong. He was doing all the right things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like he wasn't eating the standard American. He wasn't eating the bread and butter. And you know, he was he was really lean. Um, you know, I, I look just like him, just maybe an inch shorter or something, but you know, he, it, it, it's just this weird thing. And, and that really, um, just rocked my world. Cause I thought, how, how does this person die right. of a heart attack? I don't understand heart attack are for overweight people that, you know, are struggling because they, they die at right. their desk. Right. My dad was constantly active riding like hundreds of miles a week on his road bike. So it just wow. didn't make sense until I, I figured out all the research and really it came down Jason, I think is stress, stress over time. And that builds up plaque in your arteries, which causes a slow, uh, a, a, sl- a slowing of the, of the blood flow. But doctors don't pick up the blood pressure issue because they're not seeing it. It's like a slow buildup over time. And the ironic thing is, my dad was a plumber, and he spent his days helping people clean out their drains. Yet his were slowly clogging, oh, and nobody wow. knew. Wow, good uh, correlation. So it, 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 you know, not only to change my. Uh, my career, but it totally changed my lifestyle. My wife and I have totally changed everything about how we eat, how we sleep, how we work out, like everything changed after that point. Cause I was 26 and scared right. to death. <laughs> I'm not going to make it to 49. Now I'm 41 now, you know, this is 15, almost 16 years later, but gee, uh, this, uh, th- that's still on my mind mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and you know, the fear of success uh, or excuse me, the fear of failure, it kind of drove me for a while. But I think looking at my dad's life, though, and I talk about this in my book, Achieving Balance, my dad achieved his goals. Like he did the things he was supposed to do just in half the time. And I don't think he realized it. Um, I didn't until afterwards. And I started seeing his goals and what he wanted to accomplish and talking to my mom and other family members realized he lived his life. Right. And that gave me the drive to want to help other people not only achieve balance, but live their life on purpose. And quite honestly, Jason, that. I think is the definition as I've interviewed hundreds of advisors balance isn't this doing everything at once bit it's living your highest priorities it's wow. living your life on purpose. wow so you, I want to I want to back you up here so you said that he lived his life right you say that he achieved the things he wanted to achieve and do you do you but he he crammed it it's, is that what you're saying into 49 years as to doing so many things it created this stress that Ultimately, some people live to be 89. He lived to be 49, but probably did just as much. Is that what you're kind of saying there, Travis? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I think that he was mm-hmm. just on track. He was on track to doing what he should be doing. and be. I'm, I'm more about uh, becoming, right? This idea, because your wife is absolutely right on, Jason. Uh, we are perfectionists mm-hmm. to a fault. Uh, we focus on perfection as the goal instead of becoming perfected, right? That's wow, a totally good different call, Travis. If we focus on perfection and we're like, well, I'm not perfect. No, welcome to the club. Nobody's perfect, meaning we're without flaw or mistake. 
I make mistakes every blasted day. But the next day, I try to rectify, get better, repent, move on, forgive, whatever that is in a spiritual or you know physical sense. I try to become a better dad, a better husband, a better son, um, you know, a, a better employer, and you know, a better uh, coach. Whatever it is, I try to be better, and that that process can perfect us. I do. I do believe in Christ, so yes. I believe that in spiritual sense, He perfects us. But at the same time, that process of improving is what we should be focusing on. And I think my dad got that. He understood that. It was about becoming, not attaining something. Like on his, you know, on his on his gravestone, it doesn't say you know anything famous. You know, my dad wasn't famous, um, but man, I talk about him all the time because he he inspired me. And I carry his his name as my middle name, so I have to live up to some standard there. But at the same time, you know, right. he wasn't perfect, but I believe that he became who he was wow. supposed to be. Fantastic! Very well said, Travis. Can tell you've thought about this a lot, and uh, and kudos to you. So crazy in the world how how tragedy um, can can make so much good. You know, I mean, even when you think of something as similar as um, yeah. I remember when nine eleven happened. And I told uh, my, she, let's see, 2000. No, I was married in 2002. This was 2001. So I was just getting ready to get married to her. And I even told her, I said, out of this comes something good, right? And every time there's a major tragedy or a major crisis, something good comes out of it. I'm still waiting for that for the pandemic, but we got to give it time. We got to give it time. (laughs) It'll happen. It'll happen. And then, and then facing this and, and sometimes we become our best when we strike adversity, right? When we have that, when we have that easy path, it never is really molding us or helping us become who we need to come. It's that adversity. It's that balance. So you kind of knew this, Travis, you kind of, you've, you've lived it your life. You've kind of been studying it, talking about it. What made you write the book? What was the catalyst for that? Yeah. Um, so the introduction tells a little bit more of that story, but that's really the, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get the message out there. I realized no one's going to know about my father, except for close friends. You know, there was about a thousand people wow. at his funeral though, standing room only. And I gave the last talk. So I, I start off the book with that wow. moment and how, what I was feeling, what I was going through. Um, but the real, I mean, that, that was the catalyst. That was like, okay, you got to do this. Um, but the reason is because I see so many advisors every single day, insurance, financial advisors who are just killing it. And they're, they're very successful. This is an industry that if you figure it out, man, you can be extremely successful. There is no ceiling. There is nothing you can't accomplish. Unfortunately, I believe it causes what I call the workaholic trap. And it happens slowly over time where you gain some success, you gain some fame, you start building clients as a young advisor. And then all of a sudden, now you've got to service these clients. Now you've got to help some people. And now you build a team to so you can scale your time. And then you're the employer. And now you're, you're kind of <laughs> chained to the, to, the, to the job and you can't seem to leave. And when you go on vacation... Uh, you're still carrying your phone, you're checking your email and your text messages because your business is your baby and you spent all this time yeah. building it up. Right? Sound familiar? So I know this by experience and I realized that uh, if I'm struggling with this and I'm super focused on trying to be balanced, like this is the guy that gave up the career to be you know, an airplane pilot to do this, thinking it would get better balance. And I found myself in the same spot. Like truth be told, when dad died, I, I was a do-it-all. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to do everything. 
all the time for everyone. And I was stuck in the workaholic trap. Um, because of the coaching and other things that I got, I was able to become more of a productive uh, workaholic. And I think some are stuck there where like, they're super productive, but they're working mm -hmm. 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. Um, no joke. I, I see people working 90 to 100 hour weeks easy um, every week that I work with advisors. It's crazy. They don't think so. Oh, I, I work 50 hours. No, you don't. <laughs> we get into the brass tacks and we sure find out they work right. a lot more than they think they are. So, so then, you know, it really becomes, how do you help? How do you get out of this productive workaholism? You have to set boundaries and you need family and couple development. Your wife is the reason why you're probably balanced, Jason. I mean, you've got, you, you know, you told me you have bipolar and, you know, you really struggle with this and your medication. I get it. Like some people actually do, but she's yes, probably she the reason is. why you take your medication. Right? She's probably the reason why you do the balance. And so I actually um, did a, a PhD in family relations. And I tested this theory that I had was, well, we're so good at being personal developers and trying to become perfect, right? As we just talked about recently, uh, there, there's this almost obsession, an addiction almost for some mm -hmm. people to become perfect on their own. The reality is, we're not sent here to this life, whatever you think of the pre, you know, pre life or this is it, that's fine. But we're not here alone. We're here in these pods called families. There's a reason for that. Call it evolution, call it God, whatever you want to call it. Um, for me, what I understand is that unit is the reason why we have balance. I had one guy that I interviewed, he'd been in the industry 40 years, and he's like, Yeah, I'm not quitting anytime soon. I, you know, I just work a couple of weeks. I'm like, Dude, what is your secret? What is your secret to balance? And he just said, my wife is my balance. And it's the truth, Jason. It's absolutely true what you said too, um, that our, our spouses are this reason. Not that they right. are telling us no. what to do. It's not no. ball and chain. It's not force. But what I discovered in my dissertation work is that couples that have the same values and goals, they're on the same path together. They are happier individually, so psychologically, they're much better, you know, psychological factors involved here. They are also much more satisfied in their relationship, everything included, okay? And they also have and obtain higher financial stability. All three, physical, psychological, hmm. relational, and financial. The key is that the two of you are on this path together and it also it keeps you from slipping back into the workaholic trap um so i found that as wow. that, that's that's really what i want to bring to the world jason is hey great get productive have boundaries but then work together as a couple or family um, to make sure that you stay on this path and stay out of that workaholic trap that you're now prone to get into did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You 
provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed, let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's Virtual, I-N-T-E-L-L.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right, Virtual Intel, cast certified. You are exactly right. I am. Uh, I was. I never thought I had anything wrong with me until my wife told me that she picked up our two-year-old and said, "I'm going to leave if you don't get some help." Basically, yeah. meaning we're not on the same path, and you are uh, not correct. You're not exactly right. And it was well, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. People always say to me, "Jason, how how why how could you say that?" And I say this simply: there was Jason before, and there was Jason after. And if you knew the Jason before, you would have realized that that exactly uh, was the best thing. And also, one of the things I say, I mean, I own four different companies, uh, companies that make very, very good money. And people always ask me all the time. They say, Jason, how do you do it? I have learned also really hard, Travis, to delegate. Um, you know, I, I take it very, very serious when I, I heard this 10, 15 years ago by Steve Jobs when he said, I don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. I hire sm smart people and have them tell me what to do, right? There's something that comes along there. Everybody wants cheap labor. A lot of people's egos are scared of hiring somebody who could be smarter or more talented than them. And I, I never went that way. I went on the fact that I knew I was a visionary. I knew that I'm really bad at the details. I know that I'm really bad at carrying the water. I can tell you where to get the water and where the cleanest water <laughs> is, but I'm really bad at carrying the water. Um, you just don't want to rely on me for that. Um, I tell people all the time, I sleep anywhere between seven and a half to nine hours a day, every day. I, I, I do not miss out on sleep. To me, I think, and from what my reading is, sleep is the number one cause of people um, having um, health issues, chronic health issues. So that has always been a real big thing to me. Um, if you asked me, I thought about what you said before, Travis. You said that some people work in 90 to 100 hours. I actually looked one time and I'm working about 35 to 40 hours, but I do put in an extra 10 at hours, uh, not a day, but a lot. I shouldn't say 10 hours a day, but I am because I'm constantly, even if I'm home, I may be like, hey, I wonder if that email came in or, hey, I wonder about this yep. assignment. And now as I get older and I start to make more money, I now can put more people in those positions. But it's really yeah. funny because just because I may have that one part of my life kind of balanced. There's still so many other areas. And I love what you said here about the mental, the physical and the financial part that I'm having to slowly chip away as it goes. And loyal listeners, I know you're listening to this and I know you're totally relating with Travis is saying, Travis, so how, what are a couple of things that we can do to um, try and, and achieve more balance in our life besides being with our family and our wife and all those great things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know, like, we all know what we need to do, right, Jason? Mm -hmm. Like, we know what we need to do. True. It's, everybody's looking for the how. Now, obviously, we've talked about why, 
you know, we all know what our why is. And, you know, it's, it's become so prevalent now with uh, the, you know, start with why. That, that is nothing new, though. True. I mean, uh, Covey always start, said begin with the end in mind. Um, so for me, what I, what I suggest people do is really take a long, hard look at every area in your life. Every area. There is no such thing really as work-life balance. It's balance. I, you know, my book, Achieving Balance, is not, you know, achieve work-life balance. It's kind of a, um, a contradiction in terms because there's really no balance there. Um, but life balance in general is. And the way I do it is I have about 10 areas of life that I identify in the book. And I found that if you can identify your top three or four and really just focus on that outside of work, you're going to be feeling very balanced. We know we're going to come to work and we're going to focus, right? right. We're driven people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody has to say, gee, get up in the morning and go to work. No, no, no. That's not, that's not the problem I'm talking about right. here. It's the opposite of like get home because you have family and, and kids that, you know, they love you and want to spend time with you and get off your phone when you're mm -hmm. home. So the issue there is number one, really uncover what are your top three or four priorities in life and then put that to your calendar. Find time to, you know, pray if you're a spiritual person, to work out if you're, you know, care about your physical body, if that's your top uh, three or four. Um, spend time with your spouse and time with your children. Those are the top four. And actually, I did a LinkedIn poll that just closed yesterday. And I asked people, which of these four is your number one? And they statistically dead heated. Like it was 25, 26, 24, 25, all the way through percentage wise. So there is no wow, difference here. And so I'm not trying to tell people like, Jason, you know, you spiritual should be number one. I, I'm not, right. who am I? I? I'm not you. That's you. So you do, you do what's best for you. But I think that exercise is crucial. And I came up with that exercise because my, when my father died, I wrote his obituary. Talk about a heavy weight. I had to sit down there. No one else wanted to write it. I'm 26. I've never written obituary before. What is this thing? Well, Travis, you're the oldest son, so you get to do this and this and this and this. And no one wanted to do it. So I'm like, fine, I'll do it. So I wrote it. And man, that changed my life. Writing his obituary was like, holy cow, that's the epiphany I had, Jason. And I'm like, my dad became who he wanted to become. And then the internal process happened. But dude, are, are you on track? You know, me, myself, and I had this little conversation. And we realized that, no, we weren't. <laughs> In so many ways, we weren't. And, you know, that's my striving. That is my true balanced litmus mm -hmm. test. Um, then when you go to work, great. Absolutely delegate. But what do you delegate? Well, I have a design that I actually I bring out in the book. I think it's chapter five or six, where you create your work sweet spot. These are the top four or five activities that if you just did these, Jason, like if you just podcasted, met with new clients, you know, whatever it is, what are your top three or five? Okay, I know right. you know what they are, and you delegated and or um, you deleted or automated everything else. Not only do most advisors tell me when I say, "Man, what if you could just come to work and do these five things?" They go, "That would be awesome." <laughs> you know, I know that, but so then, what are you going to do about these other things? How do you delegate? Well, I'm, you know, there's control. They hold on to this issue. I talk about it all the time yes. in the Balance Advisor podcast. I bring people on, we talk about control. Like that comes up every time. We control because we fear. We fear the you know failure of, of something that we, we normally do really well, okay? 
Uh, but like you said, Steve Jobs said it very well, you know, hire really good people and have them tell you what to do. I think that's beautiful. Um, so you come up this work sweet spot. You get rid of everything else from your calendar. Don't go back to it. Delegate it. Train people so that they can do it if they need those skills. Um, but then get that off your plate. That's the only way yeah. to scale. And it's the only way to be more productive in your time. I work less than 30-hour weeks, Jason. I work less than 30-hour weeks. Um, 2020, you talk about the pandemic, it was the best year we ever had. We tripled sales from 2019. This year, we're doubling what we did last year. Like, if you follow this pattern, um, you will continue to be more productive in less time, period, mm-hmm. end of story. And you can be balanced because you can enjoy everything you like to do outside of work. And I think this is the key is once you're productive at work, that's great. But if you really love what you do outside of work, it's not a struggle to be balanced. Right. It's a joy. And you look forward to it. The weekends are like, I got to check email. It's, oh, I can't wait to just hang out with my family and relax, go on this vacation, go to church or whatever you do on Sundays and just, you know, be um, and, and have fun or whatever you do during those time periods so that when you come back to work, you're more rejuvenated, you're more productive, and you're ready to help your clients in a much better way. Loyal listeners and Travis, one of the things that uh, the IAOA, which is the Independent Agents Owners Alliance, and it was a um, a conference that just went on, and this was the first year I did not go. Now, I went to it because at the end of the year, uh, me and Travis Etheridge, my business partner, we always take three days and we'll travel to some city and we go to an Airbnb and we just sit in there for three days and we decide everything we're going to do for the coming year. And this year, because IAOA was actually in November, it was supposed to be in January, then got pushed back to April and then got pushed back now because of the pandemic. I told my business partner, I said, hey, instead of going to Nashville, Tennessee, where we were going to go, I said, why don't we go to Tampa? The weather's nice. We'll work during the day. And then at night, we'll hang out with the agents and all of our friends that we know. And we did it. What was amazing, Travis, is as I'm listening to this, is the agents who would say, well, why didn't you come to the actual event? Why didn't you come to the conference? And I would say to them, and I and I would get this bewildered look from them, I would say, what these classes are teaching don't have anything to do with what I do day to day. Well, Jason, they're teaching you about, you know, personal lines and and commercial lines. And and I and I said to myself, and I think I upset a couple of people, I said, those are things people in my office do. I don't I don't do that. Well, what do you mean? I mean, you run an agency. No, like I haven't quoted a personal lines policy in three years. I have other people that do that. And matter of fact, when I gave it up, my sales went up. Right. Like I, well, what, well, what about this? And what that? I don't do that. Right. There's, I'm working on my business. I'm trying to give my team the tools, the necessary things that they need, the resources in order to do the things they're teaching in there. Now, I, I doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody else, or I see myself higher. It just has to do with, I only have so much time in the day to concentrate on certain things that my important things, those four or five, six things that I may have. And so it's really great hearing you say that, Travis, because sometimes whenever you get surrounded by people who aren't on the same path as you, who are living a life that's not healthy, they can easily make you start to think that you're doing something wrong, right? That you're doing something by not knowing this. Some of the classes that they have at IAOA are phenomenal. 
teaching about personal lines and, and, and customer service and commercial lines and things. But as I've said from the beginning, those are not the things that owners should be in there learning about. They should have their staff in there learning about that stuff. And, exactly. and, and it's like, and so everybody gets excited about this conference that really probably majority of them don't need to be in. Now, let's say this, a lot of them are there because they are that person that's running the business. Right. And that's the okay. Business, sure. Proposing sure. the business. It's okay. But I think yeah. we're going back to that delegation part, Travis. They're exactly. missing it. And they're the people that are on Facebook going, oh my gosh, my life is crazy. And da, 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 da. You know, and it's, uh, and it's, um, I always said, one of the reasons is I guarantee you every one of my colleagues makes, makes more money than I do. And I've always said, I don't want to be rich today. I just don't want to work forever. And what I mean by that is, is that I take my money that I could be spending on boats and other things, and I go hire people and delegate those tasks to them because it's way more, yeah, I could be making $400,000 a year right now with a lot of stress because I'd be doing everything. Now yep. I'm good with making $150,000, $160,000 a year and delegating everything else to, to where we're at. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's your choice. That is your Correct. balanced choice that keeps you balanced, which keeps you alive, which again, you care more about what your wife thinks about you than how much money you make. Amen to that. Amen <laughs> right? to that. And, and, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, again, it's these top four priorities and you have them in order. And I 100% agree with you, Jason. I think that brilliantly said, I mean, when you were talking about being at the conference, I was thinking, no, your people should be at the conference who are focused on those areas. Yes. Um, you should, you should be doing exactly what you're doing or at conferences that are focused more for those who are owning the business and not running it. Correct. And there is a difference between working in the business and working on the business or, you know, working as an employee and, and then again, owning the, the company and running it. I think a lot of advisors think they have a business when they have a practice, ah. they have a practice and they don't nice. really run it like a business. And because they, no one ever taught them, they were taught how to, you know, make sales and how to treat clients, that's wonderful, but that's a, that is a dead end row. Because eventually, when do you switch from just marketing to you know, just service? When I was a brand new advisor, first year um, full time, I've done, done it through college, I interviewed people. I, I saw what, what, are the, what are the people that are really successful have great balance doing? And they had hired a team. So I, I was barely making it. <laughs> and I hired somebody and people are like, well, that's hiring really fast, Travis. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to do this forever. And by the time I've been in the business for two years, I had three people on my team full time. They were doing the service work. They were doing the planning, the pair planning. And then they were also doing the marketing. Mm -hmm. And I was the guy that was just there on the appointments, playing golf, you know, bringing, bringing you know, the, the, the clients into the office if needed at those events, networking, et cetera. But I was just there to actually meet with them. And then my team did the rest. And, you know, if you're building a practice right now and you're like, gee, I'm struggling, that is some of the best advice I can give you is build a team. Mm -hmm. Just like Jason's talking about, learn to delegate. Mm -hmm. um, but when you get that extra time, now what are you going to do with it? Because if you're just going to put it right back to the business, you're going to stay a productive workaholic your entire life. You won't ever have those boundaries. You won't be able to say, I'm going to take Fridays off. I was, man, I, I think it was my first year when I hit my goals and I said, great, I'm taking Fridays off. And I had the manager who, who uh, had been there for like 15 years. Like, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you working Fridays? I'm like, bro, this is my life, right? This is how I set it up. 
and I'm an independent agent, a part of your agency, but you know, this is my reward. I don't want to work Fridays. And so I haven't ever since. Yeah. And I love that. I was talking to a guy the other day at uh, one of my, I have my own events called brain share. And um, he was saying something to me. I thought that was really, really vital. He said, I wanted to work four days a week. And so I, I hired this consultant and the consultant was helping me with many other things. And I posed the question to him. I said, how do I get to work four days a week? What could I do? And the guy said this, he said, really great. He said, what do you do um, when you're getting ready to go on vacation? How do you prepare for that? Well, I just make sure that I get everything done before I leave. He said, great, get everything done before Friday, before Thursday's over. Right. Like it, it means it means yep. it's, start, that start, it's that simple. Like start. Don't don't yep. throw most more stuff in. Just do what you do and try to get it done in that time. Travis, I want to wrap this up. Any last moment? Any last sure. things you want to say? I mean, we our time on this earth, this this existence uh, is limited. Mm. Right. Time is the greatest Down asset. Right I don't is. care what you sell. Insurance, investment products. Time is our greatest asset. What are you doing with it? What will you be known for because how you used it? Uh, there's a great poem that I quote in the book uh, called The Dash. And it's really all about what are you doing with that dash in between the birth and the death date, right? Uh, I'm actually speaking with the author about that poem today and what she's done with it. It's a pretty phenomenal story. Yes. But I, I am just absolutely um, energized talking to you, Jason, about this topic because you've been there. You've really bought the T-shirt. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really impressed with what you've done with the, you know, challenges you faced, but also the example that you watch to the industry. I wish there were more, you know, insurance agents and advisors like you are out there who were living life on purpose like you are. And so that's my challenge. And that's my last words to you guys is live life on purpose. Travis, thank you very much. Hey, wrapping this up for you though, uh, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you le reading right now besides your own book? I am reading... This book right here called The Referable Speaker by Michael Port. Okay. Um, I'm, in, I'm involved with heroic public speaking. Can't say enough good about them. Uh, you know, the book, I got it on audio, but I also actually don't have it on audio. audio. This one I had to read. Um, it's a good read. It's incredible for those who want to get on stage and want to really get their presence. I don't care what it's for, if it's for your own company, if it's to get new clients, is if it's just to create, you know, a speaking, you know, re, you know, referable income. Um, man, I've, I've been speaking for 10 plus years and this book rocked my world. Wow. <laughs> it just brought it to a whole new level of where I should be. And I'm excited to get there myself and get out and speak again at these events. And, uh, you know, if, if you guys want to check out my book, Achieving Balance, go to achievingbalancebook.com or go to travisperry.com if you're interested in having me come speak for your agency, for your event or conference. Perry is P-A-R-R-Y, um, loyal Perfect. listeners. So Travis, once again, thank you very much for your time. I think we got a lot out of this. Uh, I definitely agree with your mindset and your thoughts, man. Uh, and thank Thanks, you very Jason. much for taking your time to put that out in the world because uh, I think uh, there's a lot of businesses um, that need to achieve balance. But let's be honest, as a nurse, right? Let's just say nursing. You work your eight hours, you go home, you turn off the light, right? Now, don't get me wrong, right. I'm not a nurse and there's probably more to it. But with us as, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, and specifically in the insurance risk section, that light hardly ever gets clicked off, right? For the employees, they do. They go, they go home and don't think about it. But for there's so many people out there that need that. 
And, um, and like I said, I knew it was something when my wife talks about balance all the time, it caught my eye and I'm really glad that I brought you on Travis. Really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me, Jason. Appreciate you. Let me share this message with your listeners. To all you loyal listeners, you know I do what I do for you. And remember, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. I'm Cass. He's Perry with an A, and we're out.